All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the mental fitness practices and the stories of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today we have Kim on the show, personal trainer, holistic health coach, and creator at Melissa Wood Health. Just to name a few things, there's a bunch of interesting topics I think that we're going to get into just based on our previous conversation. So I can't wait, Kim. Who are you? And who are you today? Because I know that evolves. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who am I today? You know, who am I today? I am a woman that really is almost 42 years old who has found her voice, is using it, and really you know, stepping out of that people pleasing error or like being afraid of what people might think if I say how I feel. And so I feel like a woman who's really stepped into her power and into her voice. Mm. So yeah, what is that finding your voice, stepping into your power? Like, what is that? What does that look and feel like for you? How'd you get there? Oh, it's been a long journey. Let me tell you, uh, lots of therapy. Sure. (laughs) Lots of therapy. Lots of self-work, lots of those questions of, you know, and lots of, not to say mistakes, but lots of, lots of learnings, lots of bad relationships, not great jobs. And, you know, really learning and looking back at my childhood, learning more about myself, learning, looking at where I picked up those habits or patterns. Mm. Um, and it's, it's really been a journey and there is something to be said about your forties. I feel like that it just really becomes clear and you start to clear out and start surrounding yourself with the, you know, people that are aligned with you and moving forward and pushing you to be better. And it's just been been a journey. No kidding. I can imagine. Well, thanks for the preview. Cause I'm going to be. Well, by the time we record this or release this, it'll be, I'll be turning 40 uh, this year. Welcome. Welcome. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the 30s have been a hell of a ride, (laughs) I would say. Uh, But I can, I I resonate with what you're saying in in the sense of a lot, seems like, at least for me, it seems like for you, a lot of self-discovery, a lot of, um, you know, kind of trials of different things and realizing, you know, where where the sweet spots are and what's, you know, I guess almost real coming to the realization of who am I not? Right. Right. Absolutely. And I really like, you know, all that. And I said mistakes at first, but really like looking at the things that didn't work and whether it's a job or a relationship or friendship and really looking back and seeing you know, it might have felt so terrible at the time, but what comes out of it is always so much better. But being able to have that lens to look at things as they happen, you know, for you, not to you. And and what, what comes from that? Because every time something, I think we talked about this the other day, like every time something is falling apart, it always to me works out better than I could have ever imagined. But in that, in that spiral. Yeah. Doesn't feel great. No, it doesn't. But I think that anytime that's happened to me is when if I can remind myself, I can look back and I can go, okay, well, something similar happened at this point. And this is how I was feeling the same way. And then really, and then be able to like fast forward and see where, what came out of that. And can always see that I ended up in a better place. And Mm. 
you know, a better version of myself and whatever it was, all the things, whether again, relationship or work worked out better than I could have ever imagined that anytime I have a moment where I start to spiral, I ask myself, like, has this happened before? And and what, and what came out of it? And then that gives me that space to kind of breathe and, and have faith that it will work out again. I love those questions. Do you have like, what does that practically look like for you? Is that, is that a journaling flow? Do you, when you're in those moments, do you, you know, like, okay, there's another one of these situations. I'm going to intentionally schedule some time to like, let the mind breathe a little bit. Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I am a, I'm a big fan of, of morning pages from the yeah. artist in which yeah. really they're Cameron. it's just that like writing. And I am always impressed with how much actually comes out when I do my morning pages. <laughs> but then if there is a time that I am struggling with something, I absolutely ask the question in my journal. And I often ask the question, and I guess it's kind of that practice of really giving it over, which also fan of Marianne Williamson for years. And I really start my day every day with those questions, which is really a course in miracles, which is where would you have me go? What would you have me do? Who would you have me talk to? And, and, you know, what, what would you have me say? And so I, that every day, that's, that's how I start the day. And so in my journaling, when I'm having those spinning moments, I often will ask the question, but I, I really give it over. And I know that it will come, it might not come in that journaling session, but it, it does come. And there's something to me that, you know, it's so we're, we're not in this alone. And I find that sometimes when I, when I'm stressed, I feel it's like me against the world. But when I remember that there's a higher power and that, and truly there is a path for me and I can give those questions over, you feel taken care of, you feel protected, you feel, you don't feel so alone in the, in the spiral. Yeah. Well, there's just some comfort. I think just knowing, A, just knowing that, that you have some of those tools and that, you've experienced those questions, right? And that you don't, you know, you don't, you're not in it alone, but you also don't have to spin in those narratives for longer than, you know, is required. I I mean, I say that's a bit of a heavy word to say required, but I I guess what I'm trying to get at is it's not about trying to push down emotions. Like you want to feel the feels, but you also don't need it to completely hijack your days, weeks, months, years, right? and turn into something even, even bigger, um, which is, which is the whole essential, essentially whole mission of this show is just to provide some of these tools, right. And some, especially the questions and just give ourselves the opportunity to, to be able to leverage these things as we're going through the big moments, uh, yeah. in, in our own lives. Yeah. I think there's something too that, you know, maybe it's only recently that I've really noticed as well is that when you acknowledge the fear or you acknowledge the anxiety just the acknowledgement and the awareness of it can actually like quell that feeling where if you are stressed and you're kind of in that spiral or having that mental chatter and you don't take the moment to acknowledge it and breathe and also allow it to be there like it's okay to have those feelings Mm -hmm. because human and we all have yeah. them. But sometimes I think I've like 
in the past, I've like fought that feeling so hard because I don't want to feel fear. I don't want to feel stress. I don't want to feel upset. But the second you actually acknowledge it and make it okay to feel the feeling, it actually calms down and becomes a little little more quiet upstairs. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I'd love to just set a little bit of context for, for the listeners. If you want to just share a little bit of uh, I guess your professional journey of, of, you know, where you, how do you, how you even got involved in the work that you're doing right now. And then I, I definitely just given the timing of, of what's going on in your life, like you shared something pretty personal recently on, uh, on the socials about, you know, just some medical challenges that you've unfortunately had to go through for quite some time. Seems like a couple decades of, how the language I, I like the language you use, like chasing symptoms, and I think there's a lot of us in different, you know, different uh, diseases or different challenges, but are kind of in that of 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 chasing these symptoms and trying to, you know, almost like left on our own to try to figure this stuff out. So I'd love that, to spend some time there. But before that, what? Yeah, what's the what's kind of the short story of of how you got involved in just health and helping people with their with their own well-being. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I kind of kind of popped out. <laughs> like my mom really couldn't keep me still. I was bouncing off the wall, so she just kind of put me in gymnastics because she didn't really know what else to do with <laughs> yeah. the energy that I had. So, from 3 years old, I was really in gymnastics and dance and you know, pick I started running when I was 10, so I was always a very active child and I was quite strong when I was really young. And so I was kind of this like little athlete. And I I was hospitalized when I was I'm, I'm I always get these confused because I had a bad concussion and I also had uh was sick and undiagnosed with Lyme and hospitalized for two weeks and the doctors really couldn't figure out what was wrong with me and you know, basically were pumping me with antibiotics and steroids, but I had every symptom of Lyme disease. So like flu-like symptoms, body aches, ringing in my ears, all the things. And, and then kind of like sent me on my merry little way. And my mom likes to say that I never came back the same. Like I was never, like I was super strong, but there was something that was a bit different in my Mm -hmm. athleticism at the time at such a young age. But then I did kind of bounce back, but I would have these bouts of fatigue in high school, in college, and started to get really bad migraines, and I was having stomach issues, and I kind of had all of these like different things that I started chasing the symptoms, seeing different doctors for, and oftentimes at a young age, it was I didn't eat meat for 16 years. So a lot of times doctors would say like, oh, you don't eat meat, you don't have iron, you're anemic, that's why you're tired, or oh, you're doing too much because I was running track and then going to tumbling practice and yeah. was was doing too much. And it was never, it was, but it was never looked at. But again, like a pill was thrown at me. So whether it was an antibiotic or a steroid or an iron pill or, you know, being told I needed to not do anything. And so I just always really pushed through these times and never really thought anything of it. Until I kind of got into my later 20s and all of those symptoms I was living with almost on a daily basis where I was having terrible migraines, I was having ringing in my ears, brain fog, my memory was 
I would forget people. I knew I'd forget their names and forget where I was going, walking, walking to work. And I'd have to stop. I started writing down where I was going because wow. I didn't actually remember. Um, I was that having, must have been terrifying. It was terrifying, terrifying. Yeah. No one understood. And at the time, and now we've like fast forwarded into my twenties, which I was a phys ed major in college, dropped out, but got my training <laughs> certification at uh, 21 through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. I became a trainer because to me, I've always loved, loved helping people. I was teaching gymnastics and tumbling to cheerleaders when I was in high school. And I really loved helping people. I also really loved being active. So to me, it, it was, I wanted other people to feel the joy that I felt. I think that in eighth grade, I started a fitness club. Like I don't, I just <laughs> yeah. loved it. It really, it was an escape for me. And so, and kind of like my household was a bit hectic, um, with my parents. And so I think it was also a bit of an escape for me. It was my safe place. It was also, I, it was a bit of a meditative place, a peaceful place for me to go and mm -hmm. move my body, get out of my head. And I always, I don't know, I wanted other people to have that place because it helped me feel good. So I always wanted to share that with other people from such a young age, but then turned me to becoming a personal trainer in my twenties. But then, you know, when I started to really have all of these symptoms accumulating and and not really knowing what was going on with me, it was really frustrating. And I shared with you the other day, it was also fitness modeling. And it was this really strange time because I was this supposed to be like fitness person. And yeah. I, magazines at the time that would be like more energy now. And it's like my face or me doing a backflip. And I felt awful inside. So I also had this weird feeling that I couldn't share that I wasn't feeling well because I was supposed to be healthy yeah. and I, I should have been healthy, right? I was working out, I was eating well and doing all the things that, you know, sh I should have been the picture of health. So it, it was this weird place for me to actually share that I didn't feel well on it. And oftentimes people would say to me, well, like you don't look sick. So you know, it, which to me, I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm dying on the inside, but yeah, I guess I look okay. And so it was a very strange time to be sick. And then also chasing those symptoms, seeing every doctor under the sun and, and really being medically gaslit by doctors. And I shared on my Instagram, I had a doctor tell me for my GI issues that I needed a boyfriend and to go on vacation and that my stomach would feel better. And, yeah, and, you know, and, I was, yeah, and also was told multiple times that I was depressed and it was in my head. And then I would cry in the doctor's office and then they would be like, see, you're depressed. And I went on antidepressants at one point because I thought, I don't know, enough doctors told me that I was, maybe I am. Did I create this? Did I manifest this illness in my body? Did I, did I did I cause this? And then I went on antidepressants. And after six months of being on them, I realized it was easier to maybe like deal with the feeling yeah. of being sick, but I was still sick and I was still being pumped with antibiotics and steroids uh, and really was making all of my symptoms that much worse because then I had candida, which is yeast overgrowth in the body. I had yeast coating my sinus cavity at one point, which, and 
but was still being pumped with antibiotics and steroids for chronic sinus and upper respiratory infections. And it was really through that process that, and then finally being diagnosed with Lyme disease and seeing a wonderful functional medicine doctor here in the city, Dr. Frank Lipman, who changed my diet, who really listened and really through, really through what I was eating and I was eating well, I was eating, you know, I was a vegetarian for 16 years and I was like, well, I'm healthy. Dr. Littman basically had me do a candida protocol, but told me I could really only have green vegetables and protein. And I told him I didn't eat protein. And he was like, well, you're either going to be really hungry or you're going to start eating meat. Mm. And that night I had a filet and I was so willing to do anything. And, and really like two weeks into changing my diet, I felt like a different person. And when that happened, it was such a kind of an eye-opening experience that I was like, wow, like I could change how I feel just by what I'm putting in my body. And I wish more people knew that because again, I was seeing the top doctors in the city. I'd gone through my savings account, put myself into debt. I was seeing the best of the best. And no one said anything about food. And no one said anything about meditation. And it was also reading Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life, and mm-hmm. looking at what that, you know, what my inner dialogue was and how I was speaking to myself because I was so frustrated with how I was feeling and and fell into that kind of victim feeling of like, why is this happening to me? And no one understands. And again, that me against the world kind of feeling. Um, and it got really dark in that time. And I think that. Yes, I was a personal trainer and kind of in the wellness world, but it was really going through my health journey that made me want to do things differently and and help people in a different way. And I ended up going to the Institute of Integrated Nutrition to get my health coaching certification and really wanted to help people kind of go if anyone was going through what I was going through to be able to kind of fast track them to not have to run to all of those well, doctors. Yeah. Just really be able to listen to people. I think that's such a key piece we're missing in our medical system. Well, it just sounds, it sounds exhausting. Yeah. And I can only imagine like we're, you know, you, just for the conversation, like things are kind of sped up. And, and, and when we talk about these kind of situations in our lives, it, it, they're almost talked about as if like, okay, I did this, I did that, but like years, you're talking about years here. Like that's yeah. a long time, yeah. right? Like, how did you, how did you keep going? Like, how did you keep, I guess, what's the question I'm trying to answer? Like, cause it seems like, okay, you could, you could just fold to the pressure of the exhaustion of, right. Because you're, you're essentially, unfortunately, and and this is still happening to this day for the most part, like we have to go against the system, which is tiring in itself. And then, then do all the research and then ask her all the right questions. So like for you, what was it that, that kept you asking those questions that eventually got you to the, you know, the right help? Yeah. I think, I feel like this is a big one to share, but I'm going to give it to you. I don't often talk about this one, but I think it was such a dark time for me. And there were moments where like, I really would pray to not wake up in the morning because I was just like, I can't, can't live like this. I can't 
go on like this. But then I would keep waking up. And so, and then really like I had no choice. I had my rent to pay. I had my bills to pay. And so I would go to work and I would, you know, kind of go through the motions of my day, even though I didn't feel well. And I would put on, and especially if it was a modeling job, put on a smile and jump 87 times to do what, you know, to to pay my rent. And so I, I didn't, I hate to say that I didn't have a choice, but in, but in that not having a choice, I knew I wasn't well, like I knew that I wasn't crazy. I knew that I wasn't creating this illness. And so then I started to get really curious and Mm. honestly, I really tried a million different things, but it was, was reading Louise Hayes book and it was doing mirror work and those affirmations and going to listen to Marianne Williamson speak in person, you know, every Tuesday at a church on, on, in the East village. Yeah. Really looking to prayer and really kind of, and sitting, sitting with it and sitting, starting to meditate and really kind of going inward. And, and it, again, it did get lonely. I stopped, I stopped going out. I wasn't feeling well. I felt like people didn't understand. I, wasn't drinking anymore. And not that I drank a lot to begin with, but it was amazing to like be out and be social and everyone was drinking. And then I wasn't, and then kind of getting made fun of for not drinking. And so I really went inward for a while and, and figured, okay, like I, not that I recommend this either. I just kept opening credit cards because I was like, I'm going to see every doctor until I get to the bottom of this. And it was not fun paying off that debt, I will tell you. But I just knew, I knew that this wasn't the way to live. And I knew there had to be an answer. And I was willing to keep going until I found the right doctors. And so, and then eventually I did and, and started to feel better. I mean, but it was, it was a long journey. And and again, for me, that's where my hope always is to help someone fast track that and not Mm -hmm. have through all those hoops and put themselves into debt and, you know, keep going to doctors to tell them they don't, they're not sick or it's in their head. And so my hope is to just help people to not go through what I went through. Yeah. Well, I, for one, am quite happy your initial prayers were not answered and you're here with us today because you're helping so many people, you know, through the various programs that you have and the work that you do. Um, and we, we, we really need that because it's, and, and this is not, you know, there are good doctors out there. I just, I think that it's the system that I think is failing us. And, and ultimately then you get wrapped up as an individual physician as well into that system. And, and it, I think it's hard, it's hard to kind of buck out of that, but Thankfully, there's people like yourself and, and a lot of great people out in this world that are trying to, to change this, right? Like we, we, need to, we need it to evolve. I think that's at the end of the day, I mean, Western medicine, for, for one thing, I think like it, there are, there are, it serves a good purpose in, in many different ways, but it's also very outdated in the vast majority of the, of the setup. Like I, I, I would like to go to the hospital if I break a bone. Right. For almost everything else, <laughs> right. I don't want to go there, no. you know, because right. you're almost worse off. It's, it's, it's wild. 
What's uh, just to kind of wrap this up, just to, since I, I mentioned it, um, the the latest uh, health challenge that you were able to solve was a yeah. pretty big one as well, where you kind of self-describe as a, yourself as an endo warrior. And I, so I'd love right. to talk a little bit more about that because I know, I mean, just in my own circle, I know quite a few women that have uh, struggled with what you went through. And so, you know, I think... And and just even judging by the amount of comments on that one post that you really opened up about, I mean, there's there's people struggling. Yeah, I and it was again a little funny for me when I found out I had endometriosis, which I found out last year in January when I was uh, freezing my eggs, and I, which is so wild to me because I had so many symptoms of endometriosis, and again, you know was in the hospital with um, ovarian cysts rupturing. I had polyps removed. I had an ectopic pregnancy. I had all of these GI issues that, again, SIBO and IBS are like go hand in hand with endometriosis, but no one ever said any of those things and no doctor was ever able to string any of that together. And Finding out I had endometriosis, I I also had this moment kind of like I did with Lyme disease where there was a, a moment of, of shame of like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have this. Mm-hmm. I'm healthy. I'm, I follow, you know, a paleo lifestyle. I reduce inflammation. I do, I sauna and I cold plunge yeah. and hyperbaric chamber and I have tumor. I do all these things. Like, how did this happen? And I was a little hesitant to share again because of that same thing. Like I should be healthy. How did this happen? And I, I really had to take a, a moment and realize I, I also think that I got to 41 and kind of was able to maintain this because of the way that I live my life. Like maybe it would have been a million times worse. And maybe I yeah. would have had surgery earlier in my life or, you know, had, more cis rupture or whatever it is, if, if I wasn't living this lifestyle um, and kind of really give myself the grace and allow myself to be human and, and yeah. have endometriosis. And I was really shocked in sharing how many other women reached out that have endo, that have had the surgery or also are struggling with similar symptoms. And again, being told, you know, think that they have it, but are being told that they don't and aren't you know, again, like that kind of being gaslit or dismissed by doctors, but you, you know, what's, you know, there's something off when we really listen to our body. And again, coming back to meditation, all the things, like if we really tap into our body, we know. And so I think, again, it's finding the right doctor to listen. I got really lucky with my fertility doctor. She was incredible. And she was the one that said, like, I think you have endometriosis. And after my process, we went back and did a series of tests and, you know, found out that I did have an endometrioma and I, my tube was blocked and my intestines were stuffed to my uterus. And I had endo on my intestines, which was causing all of these gut issues. And I remember crying in the appointment, not because I had it, but because there was this moment of like, I knew it. I yeah. knew something was off and it was just like that acknowledgement of like, you're not crazy. Like yeah, this lifting that weight, your body. And so sharing that journey and that pose, I, 
again, my hope is always like, if one other person reads it, that's like, oh my God, this is happening to me too. And I'm not crazy. Then it's worth sharing it because not enough people, you know, are getting the right help or, or sharing it. And I think there's our, our share and our voice goes much further than we ever realize. Yeah. Well, yeah. from what I can see at this point, I mean, there's, there's definitely multiple hundreds of people that, I think I've been impacted by you sharing your story. So again, like I, I commend your bravery for, for doing that. And it's, it's not, it's not easy. And I get that. I mean, we talked about this when we first met, like on my side, on the mental fitness side, there's, there's, there's often comments around like, or assumptions that because I work in this space and have access to so many of these practices and tools and speak to people like yourself and I'm always learning different you know, modalities that it's like, my mind is like this, this, uh, like happy fest or something, you know, and there's never <laughs> challenges, which is like, couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, yes, I've got, I feel really grateful that I have a toolkit, but like the rest of us go up and down and like have bad days. And, and almost, I think sometimes you might resonate with this. I think sometimes it's worse because I feel like our self-awareness is boosted so much higher because of those practices that you, totally. like, you feel it, you see it like, oh, like I would have missed that 10 years ago, right. you know, Absolutely. Uh, how, how did you, what helped in processing or releasing that shame? Because a lot of the people listening to the show are very motivated humans. They're, you know, they're doing things for themselves. And I imagine uh, and I put myself in this as well, like there the different circumstances probably, but, or maybe not, but have those same feelings of like, I'm doing the work. Like I'm, I'm really going for it. Like, why, how is this happening? You know, like, so how did you, how did you he, release that? Yeah, I think it's, it's still a practice. Sure. I really think it's, it's my therapist that, and I, we've been working together for a little over a year and I've had other ones uh, prior, but I don't know. It's, his name is Dr. Nicholas Brust. He's in Los Angeles and he is absolutely incredible. And I think that he really just kind of, we really discovered how hard I was being on myself. And I, mm. for whatever reason, through all the years of therapy and Hoffman and all the things I've done, I never, I never realized how much pressure I put on myself. And then with that pressure and trying to be not perfect, but then if I wasn't came that shame. And so I think it was really learning self-compassion. And again, it is a practice that I am still practicing. Sure. <laughs> I, can, I can certainly have my moments where I, you know, even I, which I shared with you in having this downtime post-surgery, I have quickly found myself in the not doing anything. I start to feel like I should be doing more. Oh my God, I'm not working. And what if things don't work out and I can kind of get back into that little spiral and put that pressure on myself. But again, it's, it's in the noticing when it arises. Yeah. And like I said before, too, it's just in that now I can notice it when it happens and just in the awareness of it and acknowledging it and then asking sometimes, like, well, what are you afraid of? And yeah. then 
sitting with that answer. And it's amazing that once you acknowledge it and allow it to be there, it's, it, it goes away or it, it, it starts to get a little more quiet. But if you don't acknowledge it, it will just keep. I, I love to say that I spin. Yeah, yeah, I I resonate with that. Yeah, so, but it's really in the acknowledging and allowing it to be there, allowing the fear to be there, allowing the shame to be there, the anxiety to be there, and then just having a moment with it or ask it, sometimes ask it what what it's trying to show me. And I Mm. think, again, that practice really came from my therapist because he will have me do that in session. And then- that has really allowed me to do that on my own and has been such a big shift for me when I do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what comes to mind is just in, in how we opened the show and, and how, what you shared, you know, uh, with your, your backstory, like you've just gone, you, you just went through, you know, a surgery. It's been a couple of weeks of recovering and you can't do the physical things mm-hmm. that, you've literally been doing since you're three years old. Yeah. Like that's a lot of programming to just, oh, you know, I'm not doing this anymore for the next two, when you probably need it the most given, you know, you just went through that, right? So so yeah. a little self-love to Kim, I think, uh, because I'm like, I'm not surprised. I feel like anyone would would struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a challenge not to move my body and... It's, yeah, it's, it's been challenging. And it just is, again, coming back to that, sitting in my meditation, doing my journaling, doing my gratitude, which you actually helped remind me to really, and just celebrate those small wins. And, you know, I'll look at my gratitude in kind of a bigger picture, but I wasn't really applying it to my post surgery of like, oh, wow. Like I can thankful I can roll over today and it not. Yeah stabbing pain in my stomach for, you know, those babies yeah. being grateful for, because it is, it absolutely is a progression and I'm getting better, but I wasn't, you helped me. So thank you. Oh, received. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what's, we're, we're in 2024. This is, this episode will be coming out early January. Um, what is the, what's the version of, of Kim this year? Cause you've gone through you know, there's been, there's been some physical changes that I, I imagine, you know, almost unleash a, a, another version of, of yourself or elements and, and so forth. Have you, are you starting to feel that? Are you putting that out kind of into the universe? Like what is, what's coming up for you? Yeah, I think that I, it's funny with this surgery, a lot came up for me in this surgery. Um all right, makes me like, oh, I think I also realized like how much I push my body. Um, and so it really like had me take a step back and be like, wow, like my body's actually so sensitive. And I just realized I need to kind of protect my body a little more than I have in the past. And so that has really been eye opening for me and, and brought up so many different things and which I'm grateful for and, and certainly working through. And I think that moving into this year more than ever, it's just that emphasis on really taking care of ourselves in such. Mm-hmm. And again, like 
you know, I was a personal trainer from the age of 21 and kind of, and certainly grew up in gymnastics with that, like no pain, no gain mentality, which was stopped a long time ago, but really honing in now, you know, at this age and in this year, just what self-care really looks like and what taking care of our body really looks like and what listening to our intuition really means and what saying no feels like. Um, Really kind of setting those boundaries too and and just in every aspect. And it, it doesn't just apply to the physical, it applies to relationships and to business and really like taking care of myself. Yeah. Um, differently. So I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, I feel like it does. 2024 is really just really taking care of myself with so much love and care and really doing the things that light me up and saying no to the things that don't feel good. Um, and then hopefully, you know, that, that feeling leads over into into everything into business into all the things i'm doing in, into love and relationships and friendships and you know and knowing that the things that are meant to be will be and the things that don't like this version or the version that says no then like those things fall away and they weren't serving mm. the same way oh, that's beautiful i mean we could all take a little bit of that that's that's for sure i mean i'm smiling just listening to your your answer so already kind of the the ripple effect of of you putting that out there is is i i can feel it and i'm sure listeners can can feel it as well my last question for you just present day i mean what makes you smile each day oh my goodness what makes me smile each day turning turning on house music <laughs> yes if i'm ever having a moment where i'm feeling a little down it's amazing what a great playlist can do oh yeah yeah. That uh this morning I did a breath work practice and it was really amazing because I honestly as I was doing it, my brain was like fighting it. Like, I don't want to do this, or maybe I'm only gonna do two rounds and not three. And it's amazing that when when you actually push yourself sometimes to do like that simple breath work practice that afterwards, like I did have a smile on my face because yeah. it felt so good. Yeah. And so I think again, just like showing up for myself. Yeah. What's that smile on my face? Love it. Love it. How and I have to ask, I mean, how long how long was that breathwork sequence for you? It probably was like just under 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, this this I had a feeling. So yeah. that's why I asked. I mean, we all have that. <laughs> right? Well, it started with two like it, to be honest with you, I was sitting for meditation and my mind was really active. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do a breath work practice, like instead or at, you know, in combination with. And I basically did three rounds of uh, 30, like inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth, but like a, you know, a, a loud mm-hmm. or a loud inhale, exhale. Yeah. And, 30 and then you hold the breath out as long as you can. And then when you inhale, hold that inhale for 10 seconds. And I did three rounds of that. And so it really wasn't that long, but I really fought it. Round yeah. one, I'm definitely doing one round. Like you can do two rounds. Round two, I'm like, why am I doing that? Maybe I'll do 15. I won't do 30. It's amazing how you're- It's muscle- so wild, right? 
And I'm like, it's only 15 more breaths. And like, you can do this. Yeah. And again, and then going into that third round was, you know, a bit easier because I'd made it through the other two and was able yeah. to say to myself, it was the final round. But, you know, it's amazing how much better you feel coming out of it with the fight yeah. that your mind can put up to do it. Yeah, but that's that's the so that's the mental fitness and that's the part that I love because there's of course the immediate benefits that you're describing, but at the same time we're training our minds to handle that back and forth which shows up in multiple other areas in our lives, right? It's like you're behind the the computer working on I don't know some sort of brand presentation that you don't want to do or you're fighting but it's it's this training that actually allows you then to notice that you're doing this and to work through those moments. And, and I, I just want to really emphasize that because it's, it's usually the mental fitness is kind of a two prong thing. There's the, in the moment, you know, whether that's, that's helping you with a high stress situation or something you need at that moment. But then there's also a lot of the preventative work that you're, you're doing just like physical fitness. Like, it's like you're showing, you're showing up ready. Exactly. Beautiful. Uh, well, you are one beautiful bright light in this world. I am so, so grateful that we have been able to have this conversation and connect. And uh, I just, I really look forward to our, our friendship continuing and yeah. encourage everyone. I'll put links in the show notes to uh, swing over to your website, check out your work. You're doing a bunch of awesome stuff for individuals, but teams, companies, uh, experiences, retreats. I mean, you can obviously hear your passion and you marry that up with the story and your journey that you've been through. I mean, it'd be nearly impossible for someone not to get a bunch of value and impact uh, uh, within your presence. So thank you for all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited just continue talking to you and have you in my life. So thank you. I'm so happy we were connected. Yeah, me too. And I can't wait to join you on a retreat this year as well. Yeah, we're going to rock it. Yeah, perfect. Perfect.